If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Phil Spencer, head of Xbox... And you're listening to IGN's Podcast Unlocked, which my interns tell me is a pretty good show. Podcast Unlocked. What's happening, everybody? It's Podcast Unlock the World's numero uno Xbox podcast. That's a one in That's English. That's a one. One, one in the Queen's English. English. That's right. My name's Ryan McCaffrey. That's Destin Legary. Hi, everybody. Very sharply today. I, I like thought I might be on camera up. today. Dressing Legary. <laughs> when I, when I dress product like, in your hair, too? When I dress like a slob, they ask me to do like 30 <laughs> news stories. When I dress nice, nobody talks to me all day. <laughs> it's great. That's because you're business Legary. Everyone's yeah. worried about business Legary. Ooh, Destin probably has a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Is Destin a sales guy now? Let's not go near him. Marty Sleva, good to see you. It is wonderful to be back. It's good to have you back. Yeah, what I, have I you listened to last week's episode as a fan. Uh, last week we were in PAX. That's right. That's where uh, Mitch and I How were. How did the PAXs treat you? Was it, was it good? cold? It was very cold. It was a pretty light show. Um, Final Fantasy XV was my sort of big takeaway as the awesome thing of the show. I saw a lot of photos of snowbanks and... Yep, ice. A lot of snowbanks. A lot of on. walking two blocks in negative degree weather to find a bar. <laughs> yep, that was that was pretty much what Pax was. And then was. warm your body with alcohol. Yes, exactly. Sean Finnegan, good to have you back in the chair as well. Glad to be back. It's been a while, right? Yeah, yeah. you've been behind the camera lately instead of in front of it. Yeah, it's been uh, production's been ramping up. We have a lot of cool projects that I'm working on, and it just it's been taking away. It's been taking me away from my favorite podcast. You can so. thank Mitch's phlegmy lungs for being able to be on the show. <laughs> Thanks, today. Mitch. That's a good yeah, tribute. He's Trivia name, Mitch's Flemmy Lungs. <laughs> or that f- fantasy baseball or fantasy baseball, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, what is this, from March 11th, 2015. We're into mid-March already. That happened fast. Yeah, I don't like it. Time Video flies. games are starting to release. This is good. Yeah, we've had, like, seven reviews this week already. I know. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. across across all the platforms. Yeah. Uh, including the big one, Ori and the Blind Forest on Xbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's playing so far? Now you've been busy. Yeah, uh, with I'm reviewing. Packs. Yeah, Pax, and I'm reviewing uh, another game for later this month. But uh, I played like the first hour, and I'm, I'm really digging it. I'm excited to finish the game I'm reviewing and just jump into this. Yeah, I know it's actually technically not out until today. So have you have Destin or Sean? Have you guys had a chance to play yet? I haven't not had a yet. chance. Yeah. It's currently downloading. Mm-hmm. I As have, we speak, I'm yes. like uh, working on the next topic. 
a bunch of features for the next topic yeah. we'll talk about. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So I've, uh, I was I was gonna review it, um, but we didn't get the game until. Friday afternoon. Yeah, for a Monday embargo? For a Monday Ugh. evening embargo. Sweet. And I just had some other family commitments for the weekend, and I told Dan Stapleton, our reviews editor, I can do it. I'd love to, I'm going to play this game whether I'm reviewing it or not, uh, but I don't know if I can finish it and have sure. it written up and done by Monday. And he was able to, so he found one of our super longtime trusted uh, former colleagues, in fact, Michael Reparaz, mm-hmm. who used to work with me at uh, my last last gig. Uh, he did the review, gave it an 8.5, loved it. I've seen a lot of – I think 8.5 has actually been the lowest score. Yeah. Well, not the not the lowest, but the lowest of the major On the lower end, sites. actually. Yeah. yeah, a lot of nines, a lot of nine fives. I mean, 8.5 is not a bad score, by the well, way. Well, no, of course not. Just I'm, saying. Just, I'm saying that the <laughs> I game, know you're not, yeah. Yeah, but perception is that 8.5 is right. bad oh, for it's some terrible. reason. Yeah. People are Throw it in the garbage. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited because people have been saying how hard this game is. It's tough. Which I didn't realize it was going to be – like when we played it at E3 and Gamescom – uh, I didn't realize it was going to have that sort of big of a bite. There's a lot of I, mechanics. I read, I read excerpts from a bunch of different people's reviews. Like, if you browse Reddit in the game subreddit, like, when big games come out, they do, like, a review compilation where it's just like, here's an excerpt mm-hmm. and the score from a bunch of different review sites. Yeah. And I read just, like, the excerpts from all of these things, and a bunch of them mentioned, like, at times it can be frustratingly difficult. It's So there have been – I'm about four hours in, and there have been two points so far that have been tough for me. One – I just got stuck and couldn't figure out because it's a Metroidvania style. As I punch the microphone in the face, <laughs> it's a Metroidvania style game where it's a you know a lot of open dungeons and there are, as you acquire new skills and abilities that allow you to do things like double jump, you can then go back to the old areas and access new places. And there just was a point where I was trying to find the Ginso tree. People that are mm-hmm. playing the game will know that, and I just like there it is, is on the it? map. <laughs> I don't know how to get there. Yeah. Eventually, I finally finally got it sorted yeah, it out. It sort of reminds me a lot of uh, uh, it was two years ago when Guacamelee came out. I mean, by now it's on everything. But yeah. uh, Guacamelee is the same thing. It was this really gorgeous, awesome Metroidvania. But by the end of it, it got super hard. Yeah, it was crazy hard. Yeah, and then the other part that's that I just did last night is people will that are playing it. I'll just say it's <laughs> the Ginso Tree Escape from oh, the, yeah. the water, and it's I, I won't even Marty do that. yeah at yeah. Gamescom. I won't even spoil it, but and it's. <coughs> It's. I wasn't stuck. It's just, you know what to do. It's just really, really hard, really hard yeah. platforming to pull That's, off. By that point, you're using like the grapple thing, kind of like it's where the you're, you're propelling the yourself. The dash, yeah, 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 the midair dash yeah, where you yeah. can take mm-hmm. you can take ener- like a projectile or something. Oh yeah, and then sort or of energy. Like use it I to... guess it's technically energy because you can also use these like strong lights yeah. to. Yeah, the, the energy that's in there, either from a light or from an en- enemy projectile, and then redirect it and launch yourself, and you have to do that while something horrible happens. Yeah, you sort of have to mentally like <laughs> shift your head into thinking, because it's like unnatural almost. It's like a little bit. It doesn't it's, really have an analog in other games. But, but the once game, you get it, it's great. It's, first of all, the music's in, unbelievable. The first, the opening sort of, I won't call it a cutscene, but the opening sequence yeah, like is, the prologue. Yeah. is like... It, it'll get you in the feels a little bit. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people on Twitter commenting about that, saying they cried. Did it make you guys cry? I've I cried. I cried it up. A video game I, has I never made it. me cry. So I cried it up, and the robot. Movie. I have a heart. I will say, <laughs> Wally? I Wally. Yeah, Wally, Wally does have some really emotional parts. Yeah. Come on. You. I. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually cried for in during from a video Horror. game. Yeah. From a video game. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, rarely movies. I. Walking Dead I'm, made me cry. I'm damaged inside, so I yeah. don't cry a lot. Like, it's probably super <laughs> unhealthy. 
Can't but, access your emotions. Like the, 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 I'd say the game that's ever the most emotionally impactful video game moment I've ever had, which I didn't cry, but I was just I was completely stunned and very affected, was the end of Walking Dead Season 1. Yeah. Mm, I just yeah. sat there in stone cold. Like, I just, I couldn't even... Like I didn't cry, but I just was like, "Wow, I need some time to see." Sit I know here. a lot of people cried at that. Yeah, and that's like a that, totally they understandable. Cite that ending as yeah. being one of the more emotional no. endings. Yeah, video games don't do it for me. Like I get emotional when I play video games that are really good. Like Journey is one that like is near and dear to my heart because it's a very emotional experience. But mm-hmm. I didn't cry in it. That didn't make I me do cry. in movies though. Not all movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, obviously. I mean the the beginning of Up got me super choked up, yeah. like on the verge of tears. Um, what was what was the I'm not, like, bawling, by the no, way. No, I it's understand. like you get choked up. No, but like you're asking, it's okay out. if you're bawling, man. It's okay. Like, we won't judge. <laughs> what's what's the, what was the, the dog movie that was adapted from a best-selling Air book? Bud. No, oh. no, for real. <laughs> Shiloh? No, no, from a few Homeward years ago. Bound? It was oh, yeah. Jen- Jennifer Aniston oh, and, uh, uh, and Owen Wilson. Uh, yeah, uh, the one with, the, with yeah. the... My, my buddy... My buddy? Airbud, the buddy dude. I already seen. I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm normally very good at this, but I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, The dog had a name. It was like Larry. He's a he's a golden retriever, I think. Or not? Yellow lab. F you. You're gonna look it up. Anyway, homeward bound too. That one's the one. Even though I knew what was gonna happen at the end of that movie, like it was obvious. I'll do it, Maul. He's my dog. That I was super choked up about. Yeah. And then this is like the semi-embarrassing one for me. The end of the uh, Return of the King. I was like, I Wait, was super choked up. Which ending? Well, <laughs> when they're all, all the hobbits are jumping on the bed, uh, or when when he's, he goes to I, the no, end. I remember it was when or... he's saying goodbye to like with uh, Samwise at the end. Yeah, when he's saying so goodbye going to, to the when end. He's saying goodbye yeah. to Sam. The actual like, end oh, of the movie. God. Marley and me. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, oh, Marley really? and me. Okay. Well, Wait, at the end okay, of Marley, that was me, not the one I was expecting you to say. Yeah. Oh, we're done talking about this. I'm gonna segue. We're, we're, segue. <laughs> we're like ten minutes into the episode. I don't think we've talked about. You're it. right. You're right. Our uh, most emotional, yeah, movie and game experiences. Yeah. That's a breakout, right there. Yeah, that's a breakout. Yeah. For me, it's Wally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and then yes, Walking Dead. Speaking of dealing with it. Adam Orth on the show today. I know he doesn't, he'll probably cringe when he hears that. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, actually, speaking of emotional, I mean, he didn't get emotional, but Adam Orth is uh, on the show today. It'll be, you'll, you'll see it in the, in the middle of the episode. He came by, and for 40 minutes, we talked about Adrift, and we got into the whole Twitter fiasco that he got mm-hmm. himself involved in and how it, you know, Cost him his time at Microsoft, and he start, you know picked himself up and started a new studio. And he actually lends some fascinating insights into how the destruction of his personal life went into the game. Like that sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's uh, so I'm really happy with how that interview turned out. Um, yeah, and I'm excited yeah, to give, listen. Give it a listen or a watch, whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, watch it on the IGN app. Yeah. For Xbox One. Yeah, Altano and Damon hosted an event in a theater at PAX where they uh, showed the footage and they had a Q&A with the audience and they said it was the, the game is shaping up to be re- something really special. So yeah, I, I've, and we've got it all week on IGN. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, nine minutes of new gameplay, just straight, straight through gameplay video. You can check that out. And then obviously the interview with Adam today. And on Friday, it is a uh, dev commentary version of that nine minutes. Adam and I uh, talking through that nine minutes together. So be on the lookout for that. For that as part of uh, IGN First this month. Next week's IGN First game uh, f- as part of the month sh- will be uh, one that not a lot of people know much about. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to see people's Super reaction to that. that one too. 
Finally, this, this go is ahead. Like, this is like Marty month. It, it is. It's. I did this for yeah. you. Yeah. This is right, everything is right at my. Consider alley. it a personal gift. Yeah, this is a personal gift. <laughs> Christmas has come early, Sleva. <laughs> so uh, GTA. Well, speaking of Christmas, it's finally arrived after uh, well, Santa was a little late. It's like Christmas if it didn't work on Christmas Day and then started working oh, the day after Christmas. That actually happened <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah, that's what? true. That Thanks was, to the that Lizard Squad. Oh, that yeah. was Christmas. <laughs> that actually yeah. did happen. But the Grand Theft Auto online heists. Finally out, finally working. They're so fun. They're so like when they, I told you. There is a lot of like uh, hiccups right now because their servers are getting rocked. Yeah. Stunned. Pun intended. No, you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> you I totally said rocked. Did. And you're like, oh, I made God. the joke on Twitter like two rock. days ago. <laughs> but once you actually get in, they're really, really fun. It's really cool to do with your friends. You were totally right in your uh, preview coverage. Um, I love doing I, This is what I've been working on like nonstop for yeah. three days. So, so we're streaming yeah. heists all week, 1 p.m. Pacific each day. Uh, you probably won't hear this until at least tomorrow being Thursday. So hopefully join us maybe Thursday, Friday. Uh, myself, John Ryan, you, mm-hmm. and Bobby. Bobby Amos yeah. will be. Bobby, yeah. That's our, yeah, Bobby in 1984. That's our crew. We're going to rock the uh, the heists. I'm stoked gonna because. the stars. I've only played <laughs> one of them. I played one of them at Rockstar. There's three other ones. Yeah. Plus the little training one, which I think today we're gonna do finish fleece job. Or no, that one will be done. We're gonna do prison break today, which Are is we? a really really cool one. Good, yeah. I'm all... I finished that one yesterday. I'm on the third one now on Xbox and mm-hmm. on PS4. I'm playing with you guys, yeah. so I'm a little earlier, but yeah, sounds good. So yeah, join us for that. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Let's get, let's get. There's not a not too much going on in the news this week, but a few items of note. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> All right, let's get to the news before Adam Orth comes on in here. We'll start off with a bundle that the bundle that I was looking for before the holidays mm-hmm. <laughs> has now become a reality. Halo Master Chief Collection bundle, 349 system, no connect, and Master Chief Collection. So all Should four. Should have been 343. Four I love you so much. <laughs> that you're right. That yeah. that had just been missed, a really weird price opportunity. You walk into Target. We, yeah, we couldn't have we couldn't have shaved, shaved off, off another six dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, the timing of this is interesting mm-hmm. to me because I feel like maybe I'm crazy here, but that they've been sitting on this and sitting on this and sitting on this, and they, this big patch just dropped last week. It seems to have finally really sort of pushed the game from problematic into stable yeah mm-hmm. uh stable slash reliable and i think wonder if they just then said okay we're going now yeah. now that this game's working let's push this v- out via bu- console bundle yeah. am i nuts master Chief's kind of become the the poster child for uh how not to launch a game you know a lot well, of a lot of people are pointing to that as a first early example sure i mean um i am glad to see that this is a bundle now that it's stable and that uh 343 has done a lot for the community to apologize, basically, it yeah. is it is yeah. unfortunate that anybody who buys this bundle will not get ODST or yeah ODST yeah. for free. Mm-hmm. That was only for the early early adopters, early adopters that you know suffered the I mean, most. They, yeah, like they only get four amazing <laughs> games. Have they said that, they, that <laughs> yeah. ODST will be available for purchase? It, have I don't. I'm sure that. I'm well, sure that it will be, but I don't know. How, they haven't like. Straight I don't know if they've le- legitimately 100 percent confirmed, but they said early adopters get it free, which means. They're not going to just not not offer it yeah. to anyone else. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's just a question of how much money it's going to be. Yeah, 
Man, there are a lot of fifteen, maybe twenty bucks. Ten? Ten? Can't be twenty. Twenty's too no, much, right? No, because it's in for 10, their game. ten, maybe fifteen. Yeah. It'll be like five dollars. Oh. Do you think no? They gave it away for free, didn't they? Well, well they're going to, to give it away for as free. an apology. As an apology. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying like, wasn't it in a Games for Gold on Xbox 360? Or or was I thinking? Well, Reach? but the, uh, that was the new Reach. one. Yeah, but this is gonna be the updated one. Okay. The with some anniversary with more graphics. Edition. Okay. Well, it, well th- it's file save as in 1080p. Sorry, refresh my memory. Yeah. Are they offering ODST right for export. free or Reach for free? ODST for free to people who. Early adopters. The That's Master right. Chief collection. And then Reach was announced. No, no, no? Reach, That's okay. just what everyone wants. All right. They. Or they you think are right they about want. Reach being a games. For Reach gold. was the games for gold. Okay. Yes. I mix them up. That did happen yeah. at one point. But, but yeah, there's been there's been a lot of bundles. You have that Sunset bundle, the Assassin's Creed bundle, the Call of Duty bundle. Uh, this isn't like a new de- newly designed console, right? It's just a regular nah, black just black console, console box. game. And it has Connect the, list? It doesn't have the big physical yeah, Connect list or a code. Do we know? I'm sure it's code. download code. Yeah, but gotta be a code. Bummer. It's just a regular hard drive, not the biggie terabyte. Oh yeah, it's just it's probably just installed on it. No, mm. it wouldn't. No, be. no, those are all those all come with codes. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. So if you've if you've been on the fence, uh, on the, certainly on the system. I mean, probably most people that watch this show are already already have the system. But mm-hmm. I'm sure there's still people out there looking to upgrade. Yeah, I I mean, for me, Master Chief Collection is never going to leave my hard drive for the Same. entire generation. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, especially now that it's working better. I also I'll don't want to go through that install again. <laughs> True. It's a large install. Oh, yeah. gosh, I'll still yeah, go back and jump into like random games? missions from different yeah. games. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to play. It is. The How far did you guys get in the campaign? I went through one and two and I started three and did the first, I got to the mission where uh, you meet up with Miranda and they're in the base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the very beginning there. though. It's That's like the second or third early. mission yeah. though. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'd I'd finished all of Halo Two Anniversary, yeah, you know, just because it was completely redone. Uh-huh. We all did that, right? We all played so through two, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then yeah, like about huge chunks of one, three, and four. Okay, I beat them all. The first thing I did when that came out was go right through the campaigns. I'm a big, I'm a sucker for the story in Halo. Absolutely, yeah. Like it's so good and so epic and very like. But did you cry? <laughs> <laughs> No, there's that one part with Johnson. Yeah, there's a couple of really yeah. emotional moments Johnson in that. Spoilers. I actually find <laughs> I find like the ending of Halo Four like superbly emotional. Like a lot of people hated on it because it was more of a Cortana moment than a Chief moment. But that did, it's not like a choke that. up moment though. No, it it's is. Just kinda, I think it is. Yeah. I well for me, it's an emotional moment. Sure. I don't know if I'm like, Ugh, oh god. Well, we got to leave you to the Marley and me's and the Wallies, right? So <laughs> he was Marley and oh, me. Okay, well, I'm you know, Wally. Get it right. <laughs> If we had a robot, then, or, yeah, then if we it's a cartoon, cried. Destin will weep. That's what we're establishing. Oh, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> Walking Dead, no. 101 Dalmatians, no. 349 Bambi. is a really good price well, for this Dalmatians. thing, though, right? Isn't just the console by itself with Connect now 349? Yeah, you're getting Master Chief Collection for free, so yeah. that's pretty yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good deal, you especially if you love them Halos. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm glad they didn't do anything weird with it. Like make it like green Master Chief theme. Like oh, they did yeah. with the Call of Duty thing, and it just looks awful. I want. I see. I would have wanted that, except a nice design. The, the Call of Duty <laughs> design was. Ugh, but Wasn't the Titanfall one pretty? Eh, well, the, that was a. They never sold that. Yeah, there was oh, that was Titanfall. just the controller thing. was a thing, but yeah. not the actual console. If the design is cool, then yeah. I mean, remember the. Th- uh, the 360 Halo was like a sort Which of transparent one? blue with like white sort of trim. The, the Reach one? There were or the, two. Was that the Reach one? There were two Halo no, consoles. Because it was the green one. Well, yeah, that was the, the Halo green, 3. Not yeah. the green one. And it was 
abysmal. There was yeah. the ugly green one. Then it must have been the Reach one. There was the blue one, which was model the second. Yeah, model. the translucent one was for Reach, yeah. and yeah. it was really, really pretty. Yeah, that's really the one that I done. remember we looking here, at right? and being yeah, like, this is somewhere. super cool. That was my console for a while at the office. Until mm. we took it away from you. Well, it stopped working. So. <laughs> Until you started playing Microsoft, Microsoft took it away. I'm actually yeah, surprised. Basically. Yeah, usually the Slims don't fail. There's something weird with that one. I don't know. Hmm. It would just freeze on me randomly. Well, all of your consoles tend to break a lot. His PS4 is broken on his desk. I hear no, him whining I about it, it all the time. No, I sent it back. I would literally <laughs> have to hit the thing to get it to start <laughs> because that's the only way you can get the power thing to sit inside of it. Maybe you hit it too much. Maybe that was the problem. No. <laughs> I should have hit it. Working fine. Maybe, Maybe if you, I hit it more, it'd do its job. I do you try talking to your too. console yeah. instead of Dustin. resorting to physical abuse, <laughs> Why don't you, you'd have it a healthier relationship. Function. It didn't function, so I had to hit it. I've never had a console break on me. I've never really? had a console red ring. I've literally never had a video game console not work for me. Wow. My NES still works. Everybody send your hate to Marty Mark at uh, about the, you know, 20-something minute mark of the show, Marty just jinxed himself. <laughs> I just can't hope. My house is flooded. He's destroyed. Oh, well, that's nice. All the consoles are literally just molten, just melted plastic. I still have my, my launch Super Nintendo at home. It's like a, a color Super that's Nintendo's not gray. Don't break. But I'm just saying, everything from there on, I still have. Yeah, but mm. even if the Super Nintendo's were super reliable, but all consoles from like the beginning of time, not having ever had one issue, that's amazing. Yeah. I had one you Xbox. You had to blow a launch three, I have a launch 360. You had to blow on your carts, though, on NES, though, right? Everyone had to blow on Everybody, yeah. I just liked it. <laughs> I had one 360 red ring, a launch 360, and I sent it back, they fixed it, and then I... Like, I was afraid of it red ringing again, so I sold it. Mm-hmm. You know what I was surprised else. by I on, black this, on this similar note? I uh, got a press release. Do you guys remember the Nyko intercooler for the launch oh, 360? Oh, I do remember. The, it was a stand God. that you could put the 360 on that would cool it. Yeah. Like a fan stand, yeah. So Which which was kind of a smart thing for the time, right? These yep. things were widely known to be have heat problems. Here's a product that can help keep I it had cooler. One. Yeah. Got a press release this week. They're still selling it. They've made one for Xbox One, hmm. which I can't possibly imagine well, anyone wanting or needing. No, yeah. yeah, nothing's big enough it's to be good. So it's engineered to, hot, to be but... whisper quiet and exhaust every bit of warm air out the top. Yeah, it also and quadruples the, the size of your console. Yeah, yeah, for I just already like, like huge I, console. I think yeah, Nyko, but guys, maybe like you you caught that lightning in a bottle. It's time to let that go. Yeah, they yeah. have it's to have coming. statistics, though. Like, Do you think okay, they just we had, know like, if we make this, at least ten no. percent of like the market. It's like that fifty-five-year-old who's still going to his like local bar and talking about his high school like football stories. <laughs> like, you remember the game back in '79? This I water cooler is going to right off his body. <laughs> Do you think that they just had a pile of the Nyko 360 ones that they were like, we should reappropriate these <laughs> to see if we can? I don't sell know. We should put two of them together. Yeah, because yeah. I had the Nyko fan thing and it worked pretty well. The thing was loud though, like really loud. It was, you know, it was like, it was as if you had Gas-powered. Uh, one of those big fans that you put in your windows, just yes. on all the time. Oh, God. Well, in any case, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Halo, <laughs> about Halo. Master Chief Collection bundle now available if you have been still hanging, if you weren't tempted by any of the uh, Black Friday holiday bundles, maybe, you know, 349 with Master Chief Collection will push you over the edge, mm-hmm. but passing along that relevant bit of info. All right. Speaking of relevant info, mm-hmm. yeah, no, <laughs> that was, I mean, I love that. that before could be a segue to everything. Before yeah. anyone disapproved, Ryan disapproved. Ryan, of his yeah, own I'm transition. rejecting my own. <laughs> no, that could be. Transition. Speaking of relevant info, I had a sandwich for lunch. That, yeah, exactly. That's not relevant info. Every, that's super relevant. Yeah, 
Uh, our old buddy Kudo Tsunoda, who, if you go way back, so you, most of most of our viewers slash listeners may know Kudo as the Connect guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. The sunglasses. The uh, yeah. yeah. Ever wonder what the bottom of a Connect of an Avatar shoe looks like? Bam, there it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Before that, Kudo was and is a very successful game designer, most notably on Fight Night Round 3, yep. which is one of the best sports video games ever made. I love that game. And before his success as an internet meme. <laughs> yeah, he was before actually he, successful. Before <laughs> he was reduced to meme status, <laughs> he actually designed one of the finest video games uh, on the 360. But uh, now, and you know, he's been working on, and sort of quietly, he's been working on HoloLens. Mm-hmm. So he's doing stuff for that. But this week... Major Nelson put up a video that I thought was interesting, a little interview catch-up chat with Kudo that was clearly super staged. <laughs> but nevertheless, he has been, I'll call it promoted, and is now overseeing Lionhead, Rare, uh, uh, Press Play, and some other studios in addition to the HoloLens stuff. They've reshuffled a few other higher-level Microsoft Xbox folks around. Like who, I wonder? Orion. Didn't someone else have this job? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should say that, <laughs> because if you'll remember on last week's show, we discussed the rumor that Microsoft refused to address one way or the other, that Phil Harrison, the Microsoft Game Studios Europe boss, was out. You know, we don't know how, whether by vol- whether voluntarily or involuntary, involuntarily. But yeah, it would seem like these were Phil Harrison's studios. So I think Phil Harrison is definitely gone now. We were... uh, And I hope he's doing well, but it just... This seems to confirm that news without them actually confirming it. This happened, I think, the day we were flying to uh, Boston when I was sitting next to Mitch at the airport. Yeah. And he immediately... All he read was rumor Phil out at Microsoft. He's like, Phil Spencer's leaving Microsoft. (laughs) And I like opened up my phone. I'm like, just keep reading. (laughs) Read the whole headline. (laughs) Mitch, you're part of the problem. He starts, that's where he starts crying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was so good on podcast unlocked. Oh, what are we going to do? But uh, yeah. So it seems like they've, they've taken Phil Harrison's job and given half of it to Kudo and spread the rest around to some other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, hopefully Phil Harrison's doing fine and hopefully his departure was voluntarily totally. voluntary boy yeah. I'm having trouble with that word <laughs> voluntarily <laughs> made boy words they don't it's not like they pay me to say them here <laughs> or anything not, at all. not a big deal not at all but uh, yeah congrats to Kudo his Kudos. responsibility <clears throat> god damn it Martin. nailed it <laughs> nailed it boom <laughs> refresh <laughs> I earned myself a refresh you sure did but yeah, uh, congrats, Kudo, and we'll have to. I, I got to get Kudo on the show. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been down in San Francisco in a while, so Kudo, if you're watching this or listening to this, next time you're in town, drop me a line. Come on the show. Let's catch up. Do a we'll long get interview. Get you on this table. I want him to tell because back on uh, my Xbox, my OXM podcast, he he, I had him on the show, and he told a great story about how they. You guys remember the the slow mo. Uh, Mega punch camera from Fight Night Round yeah, Three, where yeah. it would just and come the in face and, would and yeah, 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 yeah. deform really the cool. face. It's a funny story he tells about how they, what that sound is, and how they recorded that sound. Is it them like punching meat. It's an it's worse. <laughs> they had an intern go get a dead pig from like a butcher. They oiled it up, and then they recorded like the. I don't know if it was still the intern or just the the Foley guys 
uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't remember if they had gloves on of any sort or not, but they were just punching the oiled up pig carcass <laughs> like Rocky. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so that's the sound you hear. That's amazing. In Fight Night Round Three, when it goes into the slow mo close up. <laughs> I've always found Foley for both movies and video games the most interesting thing in the world because you can hear these sounds that are so clearly the sounds that they're supposed to you, like you identify as yeah. you know what it is in the game, and then how they record it is absolutely not <laughs> totally, at all. Totally, what it is. totally, totally. Super interesting stuff. All right, so let's see here. Yeah. Lastly. More rumors. Mm-hmm. This one we can't prove one way or the other just yet. Quantum Break may or may not be pushed to 2016, although has it ever officially been given a release date? I don't so, think like, so. No. so it can actually be definitely delayed. Not, but I think everyone had. I, I thought at some point everyone was under the impression that it was a 2015 game, like an early 2015 Remember game, too. Remember like a few episodes ago when we were reading that list of games coming out in yeah. 2015? And a Microsoft press release, yep. and Quantum Break was not, not on it. it. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Well, and, I mean, the I'm, weird thing, though, is have you seen more of Quantum Break than we have of Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, True. We've seen more of it than whatever this false Forza game is. Tomb we've Raiders. seen more of it than, I mean, in theory, unless you count the beta, Halo 5. That's true. Um, but that doesn't necessarily... We also saw a very long Uncharted 4 demo, and that's not coming out That's also true. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. A lot of people are like, yeah, oh, what happened to Quantum Break? It disappeared. Like, no, actually, they just had like a nine-minute video. No, more than that. Wasn't it... Was it nine, or was it like 17? It no, was a 17, long... 17, yeah. 17 long. minute game later. Gamescom. Demo. Gamescom. Really yeah. long, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was a great demo. So, uh, I, just again, to me... So, here's the story, is a, a guy on Twitter who claimed to be the... Dutch community and social media coordinator at Microsoft <laughs> said just straight out that tweeted a, uh, that it's going to be a 2016 game. A lot of people picked it removed. up. <laughs> well, not at first. At first, he started to, after a little while, he kind of backpedal. He didn't delete his tweet, but yeah. he started to backpedal a little bit and just said, oh, it, it's still going to be a great t- fall 2015, blah, 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 which read to me like, Somebody at Microsoft, the Microsoft PR ninjas got a hold of him and were like, no, yeah. back off, dude. Yeah. Ixnay on the Quantum yeah. K Bray. Mm-hmm. Also, if this dude does work for Microsoft, like, who makes, I don't know. Like, uh, your job is in community and social media coordination. Like, yeah. your job is to make sure that you don't do things like yeah. that. Coordinating that right. announcement. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aaron Greenberg <laughs> from Microsoft tweeted that he didn't know who the guy was. He hadn't heard of the guy. Womp, womp. And now the tweet's been deleted okay. and his profile's been changed. I want to see this guy's business card, though. <laughs> Hi, my name's uh, Dude, I'll guarantee you this Dutch guy was community and social media so coordinator at Never Microsoft. part of Microsoft, well, just some dude. But here's crazy. the thing. Regardless of whether or not who this guy is, whether he works for Microsoft, whether, you know, I still think the game is 2016. And, so do I. And the I reason do. is, where would it go? I mean, this, or, that's a great question. When do we think it's going to launch then? If it is 2016, Quantum Break. I think early 2016. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see it. Yeah. Like, this year has March. proven. I mean, by this year's proven. That's January, so Dying Light crushed it. In, it was yeah. the number one game of the month. Absolutely. In February, yeah. you know, despite the review And it came out at the, the end order. of the month, yes, by the exactly. way, like, too. It had, like, one week. In yeah. February, the order came out. And despite it not scoring that well, it still sold, sold well. well this and month. got a lot of publicity because it was the only thing for people to talk about. That's exactly yeah. it. Was, it. Everybody it's, was talking about it. If, if it comes out in October, November, it's going to be overshadowed by well, a thousand rad look, games. Look no further than Mirror's Edge for... Launching an amazing new IP during the holidays and watching it get destroyed. Yeah. It is only by the grace of some EA executive, I guess, what's 
Andrew Wilson, right? Yeah. Is the that we're that we're getting a second Mirror's mm-hmm. Edge, but you know, if well, Mirror's Edge had launched another time of year, we might have a Mirror's Edge franchise by now totally. instead of a long-awaited reboot. Well, especially but, this fall. I mean, we've again we've talked about how this fall is so insane with um, not only first-party stuff, but I mean, okay, between Halo, Tomb Raider, uh, Battlefront, Forza Six, Forza Six. That's just the Xbox. Oh, that's lineup. just yeah. Those are just the yeah. the. And also, that's all we know about. At E3, they're probably going to announce more things. Totally. So it's just there's no place for Quantum Break to fit in to the first-party lineup unless maybe August. But the thing about that is, for me, Remedy is not known for their haste. They make awesome games. Every one of their games they've ever made has been fantastic. But they're a smallish team, and they take a long time. So yeah, they're allowed to take their time. Maybe they uh, – I, I just I, – yeah, I think that – I'm with you, Marty. I think this is going to be an early 2016 mm-hmm. game, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to shine there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Mass Effect 2 was one of the best examples. January. Of early launch Came title. out in January of there's that year. nothing competing with January it. January 2010. Phenomenal time to experience yeah. January and February. Even Mass yeah. Effect 3 came out in March. Yeah. yeah. Resident so, Evil 4 I came like out. that. Resident Evil 4 was a January game as well. I like Resident having GameCube. big, fantastic games early in the year. Oh, yeah. It kind of like sets the pace for the rest of the year. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, uh, so regardless of whether or not this guy is fired or dead <laughs> at the bottom of a river somewhere, <laughs> there's I no s- rivers in Denmark. <laughs> that no rivers He's in Dutch, Denmark, dude. Dutch. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Wrong Marty, country, he Marty. is the Dutch community and social media coordinator at Microsoft. Get it right. I'm not going to the Netherlands. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> That's our prediction. Yeah. Early 2016 for Quantum Break because hopefully, and I know Phil's listening in his car, he's smart enough to not have this come out during the fall and get buried. Mm-hmm. He's smart. It looks too good to do that. Exactly. All right. Uh, marketplace report. I'm going to go to Sean Finnegan. Yeah. Haven't seen you in a while. What can we spend our hard earned money on this week, my friend? Good question, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> at retail, we have DMC, the, defini- the definitive edition, which. That game's awesome. That game is so fun. I know really there was, the combat's phenomenal. The combat is great. It's super deep. The, actu- like, the storytelling is actually really good yeah. as well. Also, this is the best 3D character action game you can play on uh, Xbox One right now. So I like the story. There's some yeah. which goofy game? parts. DMC? Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably. None of the other times. games are out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no. You can't play Revengeance. You can't play the original Bayonetta. Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, Destin and Marty playing it, or not Marty. Destin and Jose playing yeah. it because Jose reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sit next to Destin, just glanced over his shoulder, and the game is gorgeous. Like at 1080 60, it runs like this is a game where. Uh, the fluidity of the gameplay is really kind of key to how well it feels because it's mm-hmm. you know it's an action game like yeah. the controls need to be really responsive and seeing that in action, <laughs> fun, uh, <laughs> is uh, it was really cool and mm-hmm. I actually can't wait to get my hands on it. So that's there. Uh, digital, obviously, Ori in the Blind Forest. For the love of God, buy it. Buy, yeah. it! buy it! Buy it! Buy it! Support a game buy like it. this. <laughs> Ollie Ollie, which right. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a skateboarding it's game. It's a Marty game. Yeah, oh. it's totally a Marty game. It's a 2D like, oh. pixel art skateboarding game. I think I've seen that. Is this a sequel? Right. This is a sequel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's well, Ollie Lander. Uh, we got White Knight. I also don't know what that is. Is I the next game Ollie Ollie Oxen yeah. Free? There is, is a game coming out called Oxen Free, and I asked them if it was <laughs> DLC for Ollie Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, what? No? They said, no. They said, oh. please kill yourself. But the sound designer on Oxen Free was the lead sound designer on the Xbox 360, and I joked, did he create the blade noise? And they were like, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. 
Uh, moving on, we have Zombie Army Trilogy, which I will buy just Never because of the name. No, don't do that. <laughs> it sounds awesome. No, buy Ori twice. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't. <laughs> buy two copies. Resident the Evil. The console won't let me buy two. Oh. It says I already own it. Resident Evil Revelations 2, Episode 2, Contemplation. Take a breath That's after a that mouthful, one. yeah. No. For Xbox One or 360, and that is $6. What if you could donate to Indies like, through your Xbox or through your PS4? Like, I love this game so much. Here's an extra $20. I guess that's like gifting. Can you gift things? No. I don't think you, you be can. Able to. You should be able to. Give them more. You should be able to gift things. Like Just the buy it again. We're, we're going more friends. and more digital. That's yes, what I mean. You're trying to think of like, like on Steam. Actually yeah, like you, on Steam. Can you? No. You can on, so. no. You can on PS4. You can, can you? gift. Yeah. I you can? I didn't think you could on yeah, either of the consoles. Either. Pretty sure you, you definitely can. Get back to your desk and gift me something. We'll see. All right. <laughs> yeah. as you want. Just keep gifting me. But when you gift something, it's like you gift a game, right? You can't gift just like 20 bucks. No, no. but it would be, in theory, it would be like, you hey, I'm giving you a, I like your game so much, I'm giving you another $20, and now my buddy can play it. Interesting. Yeah. Let's go, know. Phil. Can on gifting. gifting. I don't know how you would implement that, but that sounds interesting. The year of the it can't gift. be that hard. Well, no, but I mean, just like... Well, if I'm if tip I'm, jar, if yeah, like if Dustin and I are friends, I should be able to be like, hey, boom, twenty dollars. I'm spending another twenty dollars on Ori, and now when he goes in there, he gets a message that says, "Here's your Ori code. Click it." You Marty it. loves you. Huh. Yeah, that's Guys, cool. Gift oh yeah, me, gift me Zombie Army trilogy. Please don't <laughs> gift me that. X- <laughs> Xbox sends me messages because I was a Xbox One day one. It's always yeah. like, hey, because you're an early adopter, here's a free game, and there's a code that I have to write down, then type in into the thing. Yeah. They should make those clickable. So just in case or, Phil is listening. <laughs> yeah, why can't why can't I just send me to the thing? Yeah. You know? Right. I agree he with that. Just sent me the code. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Also, can we redeem I'd like to be able to redeem codes. Currently to use Connect to redeem a code, all you can do is the QR, QR. code. I want to be able to just dictate it. Oh, me too, dude. I've got I, really, I hate I typing that, that crap yeah. in on thing. the on-screen yeah. virtual yeah. keyboard. Generally just let me typing say, anything you know, is J R H 72 Q4. Totally. Let's do that, please. Yeah. That'd be nice. I can see that going horribly wrong. Summer update. Though. Boom. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. What's in the, what's in the marketplace? You're welcome, Phil. Marketplace. Moving on. Uh, Titan Big Falls, opener. Titanfall Season Pass content is free on 360 and Xbox One in celebration of the game's one-year this anniversary. Super Everything. You, you yes. have to have the game, obviously, but then all the DLC is free right now. Yeah. It's hard to believe it's been one year since <laughs> Titanfall came out on the Xbox. Is that a time thing for It Titanfall? seems like oh, yeah. a lot longer. It yeah, is, honestly, yeah. right? Okay, I got to go download that today because yeah. that is a phenomenal deal. It is, it really is, yeah. and and they've added so much to that game over the last mm-hmm. year that, I mean, the whole point of this is, hey, you bought our game, you may not have played it in nine months. Please come back and check out all this cool stuff yeah. we've added. Huh. I hope people do because that game I hope was so. so we should fine. do a Titanfall one year later feature. Dun dun dun. Idea. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Far Cry 4. The shark. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. <laughs> Far Cry 4, Valley of the Yetis is $15. Valley of the Yetis. That? that sounds amazing. Yep. Far Cry. Yeah, the they're not the afraid to be a little goofy. <laughs> Mitch isn't here to freak out about it. But. Does Mitch not like the goofiness of it? No, he totally does. Oh. Yeah. So he'd freak out in a good way. Uh-huh. Uh, moving on to games with gold for March. We have Raymond Legends. Raymond. Yeah, a couple more days to grab Xbox that. One. Everybody I'm loves not, Raymond I'm Legends. Go- people got <laughs> upset that we... Because uh, they were in the middle of doing things on their Xbox oh, yeah. when we trolled them last week. Yeah, we were trying to do them a favor. Sorry, by, by auto download, by making their Xbox download the game, and our intentions were good, but we apologize. We won't do yeah. that anymore, guys. We're really sorry. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't record that, and then you'll have the apology forever <laughs> saved on your Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice try, but we're losing you have subscribers. To say Xbox. No, I don't want to screw it up because that's why well, I did. didn't like, finish it either. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, if you say that word though, then their thing pops up, and you have to say stop listening. Not if you just say the word. Yes. Don't you have to say no? Well, no, stop. Just say it. Now. Say it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Please. Move. Xbox, move on. <laughs> Xbox, move on. <laughs> Xbox, warp nine, engage. Uh, and for the first two, laying a calls for the neutral zone. Yeah, I see what we're doing here. Uh, Tomb Raider for the first two weeks of March. Yep. I still have a couple that. more days. Get it. Yeah. Get and it. Bioshock Infinite for the last that game, two it is weeks. Awesome. Bioshock Infinite. And it is. Be awesome. sure to finish it, by the way, because yeah. the story. But really pays off at the end. And uh, download the episode one and two. It was oh, a pretty fun yeah. well, uh, Episode one sucks, but episode two redeems it. Ooh, controversy. Sorry, Ken Levine. As a huge Bioshock fan, I am kind of scared to admit that I haven't played the DLC. You should be. I downloaded it. Is really I just haven't turned my 360 really, on in a really long time. Cool. Episode two is a stealth. It's all stealth. Awesome. It's really good. It's so good. good. Isn't episode one like all just talking and storytelling and mm, no actual It's just like, not that good. Huh. It's, it's, not that, it's not bad. It's not great. I love Bioshock. To the though, standard so sure of I'll Bioshock, like it. sure. it's not good. Yeah, it's like Bioshock 2. <laughs> oh, interesting. <Okay. laughs> Is it Mormon here? Leah Jackson's favorite Bioshock. What's, no wonder she doesn't work here anymore. No <laughs> <laughs> wonder she's designing dumb heroes in League of whatever. Uh, I don't know how that game works. <laughs> also, the March update for Xbox One that we mentioned in last week's show yep. is now available to everyone. Enjoy your screenshots, folks. All right, Boom, we're going to come done. right back with the Adam Orth interview. So that's 40 minutes. Hope you enjoy it. I had a really great time talking to him. Fascinating guy. Uh, and we'll then we'll be back with the trivia and get out of here. Welcome to a, uh, a wonderful special edition of Podcast Unlocked this week because I am very privileged to have Adam Orth here, a man who uh, whose name you may know for reasons he may wish you would forget, but a man whose name you're probably going to remember for reasons he's going to be extremely proud of and, and happy about because, Adam, you are hard at work with your team at uh, 310 Games, studio you co-founded, on a game called Adrift, or Adrwunft, which I'm going to ask you about in a little bit. But I bet you are. Uh, so this is a first-person experience game. We saw it unveiled at the Game Awards back in December. Yep. Give me the quick elevator pitch. The uh, space elevator pitch. Space elevator. That's pretty good. <laughs> Haven't heard that one before. Literally have not heard that one before. I thought that was sarcasm and you've heard it 8,000 times. I've literally never heard that before. So. I, feel, I, I give it to you. as That's my gift to and you. I'm actually really upset now that I've given this pitch so many times and I haven't thought about that. So score one for you. <laughs> I'll take it. In any um, case, Adrift. Yeah, yeah. Adrift is the story of an astronaut who wakes up floating in space among the wreckage of this destroyed space station yeah. with no idea how she got there, no idea what happened, and a really badly damaged EVA suit that's slowly leaking oxygen. And you basically have to survive and get home. So, full respect, that sounds an awful lot like the Sandra Bullock film Gravity. Uh, do you shy away from that? Is that, I mean, you know... Because people tend to be like, oh, that just maybe write you off, or I mean, did, yeah, what do you no, think about um, that? You know, when I first started working on this game, um, it was I just wasn't aware of gravity. Yeah. And when the when I when I started using the metaphor of of kind of the destruction of my personal life uh, and the destroyed space station, 
it became really clear that, you know, this was a game that I really, really wanted to make and experience I wanted to have and a story I wanted to tell. Yeah. And about a month into working on this, I discovered Gravity. I didn't know about it beforehand. Um, and initially I was devastated because, you know, you don't, you want to do, you want to be original right. all the time as much as you can, even though that's next to impossible when you're creating things. Um, so I was devastated and I was like, I can't make this game anymore. But then at that time in my life, I was really rebelling against being told who I am and what I can do and what I've done and, you know, all these things. And I just, I kind of said, fuck it. And, you know, there's room for everyone and, you know, Gravity is not the first space disaster True. piece of entertainment ever. And, you know, you could you could certainly say gravity is derivative and of some other things in some ways. But take that, Sandra Bullock. That's not the point, right? The point is is that um it's a story I wanted to tell and I'm not gonna shy away from doing that because there's some similarities to it in a real a really great movie. I mean, if people true, fair if point. People compare adrift to gravity. That's awesome. That's great for us. Uh, it's actually been helpful for us because people their expectations are set for for what the game for an Oscar caliber film. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, Oscar caliber film. So it's initially it was devastating, but I've just accepted it because I know what we're doing is very different. Yeah, and. Um, if people, you know, I see people online all the time saying, oh, so basically gravity, the game. Well, it's not basically gravity, the game. It's, (laughs) it's a space disaster, you know, that happens to, you know, be characterized with a main character who's a woman. Yeah. I only had two choices. So, (laughs) right. And I didn't want to Space dog. Well, I didn't want to make the traditional space marine game, this heroic kind of. We got a few of those. Yeah. And. It's just not something I was interested in. And I think the game that when people play the game, hopefully, uh, they they will see that we're trying to do something, so something it's, different. So it's, you know, it's just a, it's a Dante's Peak Volcano situation where you mm. sort of independently had this, a similar sort of premise, cool idea at the same yeah. time. But I mean, like, you know, but you there's weren't, a phenomenal you film called Thief and there's a phenomenal <laughs> game series called it's Thief. That's true. They're very different, but... They share a name. So it's like, are you not supposed to ever make a Thief game anymore? Right. Or, oh, we can't make Thief because the Michael Mann right. film. But you weren't inspired by the film at all. This was no, no, no. something that like was going said, on. It, it was uh, maybe a happy accident, I guess, yeah. if you want to call it. But um, it didn't feel happy at the time, right? It felt, I felt like, I definitely had a minute where I'm like, oh, I can't do this. But um well, fast. Sandra Bullock apparently made like $70 million off that movie, so maybe you'll make $70 million off well, a drift. You know, who's going to turn that down? <laughs> so uh, so you, you you sort of alluded to this a little bit with uh, with your personal life, which we'll talk a little bit about, but where specifically did the idea for a drift come from? Uh, well, I, w- I had a, an idea for this kind of space disaster game, but when when the whole Twitter controversy happened... Um, I really believe that you have to put, if you're creating something, my personal belief is you have to put 
as much of yourself into something, whether it's painful or exhilarating or right. happy or whatever it is, like you, you know, that's where, well, the, that's best, where the art comes that's from, the right? That's the best art, right? And I felt like if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to, I'm not going to flinch at all. I'm going to really make a game about that thing. Is it a therapeutic experience for you? Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's therapeutic because making games is a very long and not an immediate process at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's therapeutic, but you know, I had a lot of opportunities to talk about that stuff when it happened and I didn't on purpose because I knew I was going to make this game and you know, I don't think anyone cares about about that stuff anymore and so me having something to say about it, it's my personal statement about it. It's not like this has to happen. I have to say something about it, but it's just the way I chose to to funnel that into my creativity. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've kind of alluded to it. I was going to get to this, but it now seems like as good a time as any. I mean, so, you know, it's if if you're not aware, you found yourself in a in a bit of a pickle a on, on the internets. A bit of a pickle uh, on the internets. D- when uh I'm grandfather of of uh of the uh the internet mob. Yeah, when days. You know, leading up to the Xbox One's launch, you were an employee at Microsoft. I was, yes. Uh, you were working on the, the TV stuff, correct? Correct. We'll, which we'll get to a little bit as well. But you tweeted, uh, you know, people were very up in arms about the idea of this console having to be always online. Yeah. And you said, uh, you tweeted, sorry, I don't get the drama around an always online console. Every device is now always on. That's the world we live in. Hashtag deal with it. And then it, just turned into a absolute nightmare for you, which Destroyed ultimately cost you your, in some capacity, whether it was voluntary or not, it's not my business to, to ask, but uh, you are no longer at Microsoft, obviously. I'm not. And so uh, do you think it was the hashtag that pushed people over the edge? Do you do you sit there? Do you think, about, maybe not now, but at the time, do you, do you just break it apart in your head? Do you think about it? Or or was it that you started replying to people and just going further down that rabbit hole that you'd opened up for yourself? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. It's super, it's a super unfortunate thing that happened. It was super embarrassing. And obviously the, the results were traumatic in, in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, I think the main thing about that incident is I don't really think about it a lot anymore. And... Um, although I do still hear about it sure. on the internet. It's... Um, it's some people's definite favorite pastime. <laughs> uh, the thing is, is, and I've talked about this, I did done a couple lectures about it. Yeah. Um, GDC last year, I think you were yeah, there, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really about like, you know, I definitely disrespected some people by having a, you know, a sarcastic conversation with a friend. It's not an excuse in any way. It's just what happened. Yeah. And I shouldn't have done it in public. I should have done it over a beer at a bar or something yeah. like that. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it was an unfortunate event that thankfully is behind me and it's got me to to where I am, am now. Well, that's a perfect segue. I mean, do you regret it or is it one of those things where, because I mean, it's, for me, I sort of I was got a I was divorced a long time ago, and it was super painful. But then it led me to a 
a great place in my life now. So is it a similar thing for you where yeah, you wouldn't take it back even though it was a terrible thing or do you wish you could take I it back? I would never take it back because it's, it's, you can't, you can't take back life. Yeah. You can't do it. And, um, it sucked. It absolutely ripped my life apart, but you know, when, when things burn down, new things grow. And that's how I choose to, to look at it. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, pry too much here, but I mean, you, you locked your Twitter account for a while, uh, but eventually came well, back. I, on the first, on the first, right when it happened, I was getting, I think I got more than 10,000 Twitter followers in a couple hours. <laughs> it was crazy. So make sure I get right it. on that. I don't want to miss sorry, a word sorry. of this. Stay right on that mic. I locked for me. it down because there was no, I didn't know what to do. So. Look, it's it was. Uh, I mean, how bad did it get? I mean, what what did? How much did the internet outrage seep you know, into your real life? I don't think anything that I can say about it here would be any different than what I've publicly said about it already. Sure. And you know, I appreciate the the desire to want to find that out from me in this interview, but I think that it's. It's such a painful thing, not only for me, but for my family too. That Understandable. It's just not worth getting into. And, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm, it, it sucked that it happened and I'm upset that I offended people. But, you know, I, uh, somebody told me today, find me someone who hasn't said something stupid on the internet and you'll never find them. <laughs> right. So... You know, we all make mistakes in life. Of course. And it's about how you recover from that and what you do next. And that's really what a drift is about. Are there any like audio logs, little Easter eggs that just say deal with it in the game anywhere where no. you poke fun at it? No, no. We don't we don't do that. No. Uh, it's I mean you know, I've got a sense of humor about the whole thing. Sure. Uh but it's just not that kind of game. It's not a kind of funny tongue in cheek game. Yeah. Let's get let's talk uh, some more fun things. Sure. The game itself. Yeah. Um, you've got Oculus Rift support. Seems like could be an incredible Oculus Rift experience on the PC. It's pretty great. Um, is that the is that the if you've got the hardware is that the ideal way to experience this game? I mean, I don't. With say all due that. respect to no, no. other platforms, well, right? I don't want to say that because it's different. It's a very different. Even if yeah. it's the same experience, it's very different. Um, the the wonderful thing about about VR that we're finding, at least in our game, and what we're doing is that I, initially I just kind of approached the the VR thing as extra immersion, immersion plus, sure, which it does give you. But what I wasn't prepared for was how it it actually elicits emotions when you're having like you're. It's really hard to describe. Well, it, conne it connects you to the game in a, in a much more fundamental way, right? In a fundamental way because everyone knows or has their own idea of what that being stranded out in space feels like. And when you're able to even, even challenge the way someone thinks about that or meet it, it's very powerful. And I've had some people try the game in virtual reality that who were moved to tears. It was, you know, I don't think it's because we're making this amazing artistic thing. I think we're tapping into a primal 
emotion yeah. in people with the subject matter and the situation. And then you add in this this way to be in it in a way that you've never been able to do before. It's like, as a developer, that's that's gold. It's so powerful. So, you know, we planned for, for VR from the beginning, from the very beginning, and we've designed the game to support that. So, um, you know, we feel feel really fortunate to be at this moment of excitement about it because very soon there's going to be a bunch of uh, platforms out there that support this game and we can't wait to get them out well yeah on a, on a similar note i mean we're on our ign's xbox podcast here but i have to ask you because you've sort of never i don't know if you've fully addressed this or directly addressed this uh we just saw gdc this week Sony unveiled the latest version of Project Morpheus. They gave it a target uh, release date of the first half of 2016. Is that is Morpheus something you guys would come back with an update for later oh, down yeah, the road? Absolutely. You playing Sony, with it? If Sony was interested in something like that, and we've we, you know, as much as I can say, we were definitely talking to them. We have Morpheus kits. Yeah. Um, it's it's something we're super excited about. I mean, you know, at the risk of endangering my life again i've always been a playstation fanatic so getting getting this game on playstation in a new way is really important to me personally yeah, yeah. uh serious question i'm uh, not i'm not trying to troll you <laughs> you mentioned the tears has anyone with with oculus has anyone ever physically thrown up playing this game because it's a no. zero g space game with an oculus rift no um actually it's the other way. People never get sick with our game because of a couple things I'm not going to talk about. But um, it's a, in my experience with using VR, um, our game Adrift is unique in the fact that you're not grounded to a floor. Right. You can move in any direction and it's slow and dreamy. And that allows for some really... Um, non-queasy uh, <laughs> gaming uh, and it's it's we've been really lucky we've had people who refuse to you know i refuse to try this demo i, I just get sick all the time and, yeah and i force people to do it and when they do it they're like i feel great nothing happened it was great so um i think there's a, a mix of happy accident and stuff we're working on to try to to try to do that uh but it's very uh it's very non-queasy and i think it's good news <laughs> if you're afraid of if you're afraid of getting sick and playing adrift don't you be shouldn't well I, i'm not gonna say don't but our our uh we're almost batting a thousand there so it's like we're doing pretty good yeah yeah i think we've probably had more than 500 vr demos of adrift so far at various events and right things like that and I can only count on one hand the people the people who've gotten sick. They're good odds. Pretty good. Uh, I've got to ask: What's is there a significance to the fact that that there's a number one wedged into the middle of 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 the name of the game? Is there? Well, what do you think? It just reminds me of the 1990s or early 2000s a little bit. So I'm just. I, I have. I guess I haven't thought that, about it deeply. Is that a bad time? Are those no. bad times for you? No, no, I, not at all. It's uh, <laughs> it's just you know the, the old origins of leet speak when th when e's were threes and. Well, look, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, no, what, I mean, like, you know, I haven't really talked about it before, but it's not, it's not a big stretch to, 
understand that you're one person. It's one person. You're alone. Um, it's one is the loneliest number. I like that. Um, and I've taken a lot of shit about that on the internet. Believe me. <laughs> uh, well, if if the game, if the but, but if, it doesn't matter because the, here's the thing, right? Who cares? If no one, one, no one cares. No one cares. No one cares. And the thing is, is that if it means something to the people creating it, that's all that matters, right? If yeah. you don't like the one, and you're like, if you're not going to buy the game because there's a one in it, you have bigger problems. Somewhere though, there's <laughs> somewhere there's a marketing manager, perhaps at your publisher, who's like just cringing right now. It doesn't matter. What do you mean? It doesn't matter what the game's no, I called. Mean, look, uh, it's just. That's just the way it is, and it's uh, it means something to the game, and it and it it's uh, you know it just it's just there. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, look across. So you've had a eclectic career. I, I did a little research on you before. Uh, since we, I unfortunately hadn't had the opportunity to meet you before today. Uh, you were a recording artist. You toured. I've I've heard this is not on your LinkedIn. I've heard your your friends with Rivers Cuomo. Uh, so you have a, this big music background. I mean, what? How do you end up in video games? If you're, uh, it's actually not that big a stretch. I mean, I've always been a gamer. Yeah, and you know, me and my brother used to um, get new Atari cartridges and play the games and take out magic markers and paper afterwards and draw brand new levels for yeah, whatever absolutely. We, we would send them into Atari. Yep. And every three weeks later after that, we would get a the form letter back, form right? letter back, but always with stickers and patches and, awesome. and cool stuff. And, and, uh, and it really just, it's always been a part of my life, just like yeah. music. Um, um, yeah, I, I was a, I was a musician here in, not here. Where are we? San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> You've been traveling. I was, a, lot. I was a musician in in Los Angeles professionally uh, for a while, and um, I started. I signed a publishing deal to write music for film and television, <clears throat> and I begged my publisher to find me game work. Yeah, and this was in the late mid to late nineties, and. Music business had no idea. Yeah, other than other than Trent Reznor doing the Quake right. s- soundtrack, right? Because right? he knew the eight guys. Even then, you couldn't tell record company people about it because that that was even like almost not even on their periphery at all. Yeah. So um, I got a job um, doing uh, music for a PlayStation One James Bond game, Tomorrow Never Dies. And what happened was back in this in this time, in the mid to late '90s, it was a bit bit of the wild west in the um, <clears throat> Hollywood game studio uh, video game making business. Oh and yeah, they, that was uh, when DreamWorks started the yeah, studio. Yeah. Bit made Trespasser. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, unbeknownst to me, they had already hired somebody else t- to do the same thing. Also, uh, a guy who was hugely famous then. Still now, Tommy Tallarico. Yeah, still in the games business too. Still in the business, um, but they sadly informed me that the music that I uh, composed and recorded and performed and turned in would not be going into the game, which was soul crushing. That's. But um, I had been hanging out in the studio, in the development studio, and 
this was at the time where my my record deal kind of um, not not really vanished, but um, I was on Interscope Records, and uh, you have you know regime changes, and you know my A and R guy was suddenly no longer at the label, and there was no champion for me there, and you know things happen. Yeah, but I had I was burnt on it at that point, and I didn't. At that point, you couldn't just you'd have to start all over again and I couldn't do that. So um, I became a tester when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Yeah. And then I floated around the Los Angeles area and I worked at every interactive uh, studio at the time. <clears throat> but what I really wanted was to be a tester at Sony Santa Monica. And I was incessant about bugging them constantly. Right. I finally got a job there, and I was testing on uh, Twisted Metal Black, mm-hmm. and I became friends with David Jaffe and and everyone at that studio. Um, and he pulled me out of tests and made me a, a junior game designer. And my first real game design job was working on Twisted Metal Black. And, uh, and then, you know, a bunch of other... Yeah, you went that. to... Uh... Yeah, I mean, Sony with God, God of War with David Jaffe. Uh, you worked on a, a few Medal of Honor games yeah, at EA. Yeah, that was, uh, I actually left Sony Santa Monica to go work on Medal of Honor because I was really passionate about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, PopCap on a bunch of their IPs, LucasArts on a number of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, and, and now look where you are now. I mean, you're you're designing your own, I mean, this premiere experience, the game that a lot of people are looking so forward to, and it's well, it took I, me a long time to get here. <laughs> well, but the point is, like I, uh, Michael Condry, the studio head at Sledgehammer, was in here a few months ago in the lead up to Advanced Warfare's release. Told a very similar story. I mean, he was he start he started as a tester at well, get, EA in Seattle, yeah. and look look where the two of you. I mean, it just shows that if you are really serious about getting into game design and like become a tester, right? That's is that. Well, you know, I mean, that's a, that's people a ask in the me door, right? all the time, like, how do you get into the industry? And I, that's how I got in. And I don't know if that's, that advice is dated or not anymore because, yeah, that's a great way. I mean, becoming a tester, uh, it, you get this foundation that you don't get right. anywhere else because you get to learn the business and, and, and the, um, you know, each discipline you get to learn about the coders and the engineering. You get to learn about design. You get to learn about art, audio, production, everything that happens in a game development studio. So you, you if you're, you apply yourself there and you're good, you know, you can, you can get out and you can, and that's what happened to me. And I've actually, uh, over the years, I've put a lot of people into test positions who are now game designers at big places. It's like your coaching tree, your Bill Belichick coaching well, look, tree. Somebody gave me a shot. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I like to, I like to help people out too. And, you know, it's awesome when I can take a guy um, off Twitter who seems reasonably bright and engaging and get him a job testing at Naughty Dog. Like that guy. pretty rad. That guy's working on The Last of Us and yeah. things like that. So somebody gave me a shot. So it's my duty to do that. Paying for it forward. People. You have to because otherwise what are we doing here? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's but you know you've been a lot of places. You you got such a, a, a fascinating career. But 
It does seem, you know, I, I mean, I've been lucky enough to work on the media side for 12 years, a couple of console generations now. It does seem like, is game development inherently a pretty nomadic life, do you think? Uh, it can be. I mean, we've all read the stories and seen, you know, I've, I've seen some pretty terrible, terrible things yeah. in, uh, in my career of AAA game development. But it's, it's hard because... A, it's kind of the nature of the beast, and B, it's should never be, right? But, you know, it's more and more I compare it to the film business, right? It's more of a, you know, if, if you, you have to have the stomach for it. And yeah. I see people with families bouncing around, chasing these things and getting laid off, like the, the Kotaku story that was, that recently came out where told this long story about this family who kept going places and getting laid off and they having more kids and they need a house. And it's yeah. just like, to me, no game job is, is worth doing that to your family. Nothing is worth doing that to your family, but you have to also admire the passion of, sure. of these people who want to do it. And being in the game development industry is, it's a gift. It's so cool. It's like, we have the greatest job. It's amazing. But the reality of, the nomadic nature definitely exists and you know it's hard to have security on these big giant teams and these big giant projects and i guess it's it's hard also hard to have security when you start your own studio and a smaller thing so it's all about how you manage that risk and what you're willing to to kind of sacrifice for those things but yeah i would say if you want to exist in the in the big AAA realm, it can be nomadic for sure. I mean, I've seen people, friends, and colleagues moving all over the place. Do you think the that the middle class of games is is dead or dying? You know, games we would see in the Xbox original Xbox PlayStation Two era. Do you? Because it, it does seem like it's gone very much. You, you sort of alluded to the film industry where it's AAAs and indie yeah. titles. Well, yeah, I mean the risk of of making these mid-tier titles is too great, right? Who's going to make those now? The the larger companies aren't going to do that, and the little guys can't do it. Right. So, you know, and if you can do it, it's it's a risk, right? It's like, is it a new IP? Is it continuing something? You know, there's I think there's smart ways to do it, but from a development standpoint, if you take like a $10 million game, right? Which is, would be maybe a mid, mid tier thing, maybe yeah. a little higher, right? Like the risk of the risk of the return on that investment is too great. That's why people won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, do you think that's, are we in a healthy position right now? Do you, or do you do is, I mean, I are see you the worried? video game uh, industry thriving right now. Um, it's just different. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's no middle in this big kind of AAA console thing, but look at mobile. I mean, it's, there, there's more games than ever now. It's true, and that might be maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know, but I, I don't see I don't see the game industry being in a in a in a bad position. Good, I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah. Glad to hear a game yeah. de- a veteran game developer say well, that. Yeah. Uh, at Microsoft, you know, we sort of alluded to it earlier. You were a member of the core design team responsible for overall feature design on Xbox One with focus on interactive television. 
says your LinkedIn. I do my research. Probably change that. Well, you were. That's yes. Like, are you happy with the way the the TV functionality turned out on the Xbox One? Um, uh, it's it's hard to say. Um, my experience with the, the whole Twitter thing, kind of, you know, it's hard to go back to that stuff. Understandable. Uh, and I don't really watch a lot of TV, so it's not really part of my life. Um, it felt good doing it at the time. Yeah, uh, I hoped it was something that would take off, but it doesn't seem like right now it's going somewhere. But I think there's a space for it. It's just how are we going to do it? You know, not we, but how is it going to be done? I don't. I I never think that it's you should just. I think there's a lot of smart, talented people who want to make that happen, and I think maybe it just wasn't the time and wasn't the right. You know, just for whatever reason, it didn't work. A lot of reasons, but, you know, I, I don't think that that is something that is a a dead idea. I just think it hasn't been done correctly yet. As somebody who was on that team and worked on that, I mean, are you saddened or disappointed by the way that, uh, for various reasons, the this, this sort of non-gaming features of the Xbox One have kind of been minimized or brushed aside over the last year or so? I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but I'm not really familiar with all the features on the Xbox right now because I don't use it a lot because I don't really have time. I'm spending every waking moment making a drift. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm sadly out of touch with those things right now. So I don't know if I, that's, I can be the best give you the best answer. No, there. fair enough. I figured, you know, you have a, you had a potentially unique perspective. I figured yeah, at least that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd have to spend some more time checking it out, but um, yeah, I don't think I have a, a great answer for you there. I think you'll have a great answer to this. Uh, <laughs> what's, we've, we've sort of covered tangentially your uh, very eclectic career. What's the, the number one lesson you've taken from past, your past game development experience and applied to a drift? Never give up, ever. Right on that microphone, Sorry. I want to hear that. Never give up, ever. Um, well, I've been doing this for almost 18 years now, and I'm right now doing the thing that's I'm most inspired and interested in, the most important thing. Sorry, every other game I've worked on. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you believe in something, you can't ever give up on it because once you do... What's left? Well, it's the, that's, you know, the death of dreams is a horrible thing to think about. And, you know... I've been lucky. I've had a really interesting career and I've been able to work with some amazing people on some amazing things. But now for me is, you know, this is the beginning. And, you know, I want to keep making these kind of, these games. You know, we built our studio around the idea of the FPX. Um, and, you know, it's it's really important for us to to hopefully be seen as a leader in making huge quality, high quality products in, in that area, because and it sounds weird to call them products, but you know, it's, it's just, we spent so much time in the AAA side of things. Yeah. And we learned so many good things there. I mean, you know, people often talk about AAA, like it's, it's a negative thing. It's not, I mean, there's great, amazing Triple A games. Oh, what, the Last I mean, of Us, Grand Theft Auto Five. I mean, I mean, it's a mile yeah, we long don't list. Have enough hands to yeah, to it's, talk, you know, but 
Halo. You, know, you we learned all these amazing things and we can apply them in a different way. And, you know, it's we're seeing that that you know, we can do new and different things and having, you know, taking the gun out of your hand and then how do you interact with the world in a interesting and cool and meaningful way is super challenging and that's what inspires us every day right to, to yeah. kind of how are you going to get an immersive first person experience where you can interact with the world and do something cool and sell a fantasy to someone and make them want to keep playing and keep feeling keep keep having a great experience with video games right cuz there is no combat in this game. There is no combat in a drift. There is not a single weapon. There's not a single bullet. There's not even another single living person in the game. So, um, you know, the enemy in a drift is the environment. Right. Yeah. I mean that, so before I get to my last question that you sort of started to touch on it with, you mentioned the first person experience, which is of course what, what the game is, uh, that it's a subgenre that seems to be taking off with stuff like, uh, we've got Adrift, Firewatch, which we were just highlighting last week on IGN. Everybody's gone to the Rapture, uh, et cetera, all coming down the pipeline now. I mean, uh, to why, me, why to do me, you think this? To me, it's ridiculous to even be mentioned with those games. I mean, it doesn't even feel Well, I, I've feel seen those real. games. I don't think it's ridiculous at all. all right, I think well, they're all, they all look fantastic, including Adrift. Well, thank you. Uh, but those are the games that inspire me and the things that I'm looking forward to the most. And the things, those are the games like... Like, man, I cannot tell you how many times I've played Proteus or or the Stanley Parable, things like that. Like, those games are just so inspiring to me, and they showed me that you can do things, <laughs> and you don't have to do the same old thing. I mean, it's not a new lesson, but right. seeing, seeing Pro- Proteus was a huge inspiration for Adrift, like, massive, massive inspiration. I, I, can't, I can't stop with that game. I'm obsessed with it. And um, being having these smaller immersive experience games that are out there, it's just it's great for everyone because I don't think anyone out there is going to have a problem with a massively interesting and fun, high-quality immersive experience that's not 65 hours, right? right. You know, I want to be able to – I often talk about a drift being like – it's like going to see inter- the director's cut of Interstellar at the best IMAX you can. Yeah. It's like a $30, $40 night, and you're going to be entertained for three hours. Right. And maybe you'll go back and see it again. And that's kind of, that feels like a premium experience, entertainment experience to me. And I, we kind of think about a drift a little bit like that. So why do you, th- you know, why do you think that this subgenre is taken off. Do you think, is it a reaction to years and years of corridor I mean, shooters? Per- personally, for for us making it, it's totally a reaction. Yeah. Don't want to make those games anymore. Love those games. Sure. Play those games. Devour those games. I don't want to make them. Right? I, and there's there's enough games that are, have violence and shooting out there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just, at the end of the day, when you're done developing your game that you're working on, you care about, like, what do you want to say? How do you want to portray yourself and your team and tell this story? And how do you want to give the player a new way 
to interact with the world. And that's, I mean, I'm just going to hammer home on that. It's just very important to us. And, you know, I just can't shoot anyone in the face anymore. <laughs> I just, I can't do it. And the other guys on my team feel the same way. And we're, we're totally united with that. Um, now, that's not to say that there wouldn't be any ever any violence in our games. But I don't want to put the player in a position where they're committing violent acts. Right. Because there's a lot of interesting ways to make games that don't require violence. And that's not a new concept either. It's just, that's what we're doing. Well, I mean, that's a perfect segue into my final question for you, which is when the game comes out, it's due out in the summer. Uh, how do you want people to remember Adrift? Uh, hopefully a couple ways. I mean, I want people to remember Adrift in the fact that they had a great mechanical experience. Like it was fun. Maybe Adrift is not really, maybe it's not fun for people. It's very stressful. but Tense. Tense, stress, frightening, claustrophobic sometimes. But I want people to feel like they had a good uh, game mechanic experience, which I think we have in our, um, you know, using oxygen as a shared health and propulsion resource. It makes a lot of, makes moving every every movement counts in a drift and because you're constantly expelling oxygen right yeah do you go do you burn more to get faster over the next can or do you risk floating over there right. slowly right so there's these little micro decisions that hopefully are meaningful to people and so i i would hope people key into that it seems like when people are playing the game now they really really like that um i want people to Remember that it was beautiful to look at, and it made them, you know. Well, it's Unreal Engine 4. I think you've got that part covered, yeah. the beauty part covered. Yeah, uh, great engine, and it's making our game, it's exceeding our expectations for the way the game looks. And then from the narrative, uh, I want people to feel like, hey, this is not a normal video game type of story, and it was different and maybe unique in that way. And I want people to maybe think about maybe after they follow the journey of this, this story, like maybe just a quiet moment or two of reflection upon, well, how would I do that? Or, or maybe I can, you know, take something away here. It's not a teaching thing. It's not about learning. Yeah. It's just, you know, hopefully you took something away from it where you pause for a minute and go, that was different and cool. And, and, uh, I want to, Maybe try that again. Well, Adam Orth, thank you so much. The game is adrift. We're looking for it in the summer of this year. So it's coming up real soon. PlayStation 4, Play Xbox One, Steam, and then... Oculus if you got every it. Possible, every possible VR, um, VR platform that we can get it on. I mean, uh, it's... You know, I actually take this opportunity to really hammer home because a lot of people don't understand that we're making a traditional game right they think oh it's it's not only vr i don't really know how that happened <laughs> i mean i kind of know how it happened but it's a strange thing like even peers uh they're like oh i didn't know you were making a traditional game also but it's actually the traditional game first that's the most important right thing. of course and then even better with vr so don't forget that all right, Adam Moore, thank you. Uh, for more on Adrift, we've got it all week here on IGN. Thanks. Unlock block. Can you take on the 
Challenge. Yeah! All right, let's finish strong here. Unlock block trivia time. Marty had to go to a video shoot, but he has left me his guess. He'll be remembered by this marker. <laughs> this is Marty. <laughs> Note the beard is shorter now. I love indie games. <laughs> I love my beard. I'm an alcoholic. No, oh, whoa, <laughs> that just got dark. That's not. That's below the belt. That's that's below the cap. That's below the cap. Justin. Sorry, Marty. Just kidding. Yes. We've secretly replaced Marty Slevo with this yellow highlighter. Let's see if anyone notices. Anyway, uh, good question this week coming in from Corey Putnam. He hails from Bakersville, North Carolina. I've already hooked Corey up with an uh, Xbox One Alpha code for Smite, which was kindly donated by a fellow listener. So thank you very much both to Corey and to the listener who donated that. Gentlemen, we mourned the passing of sci-fi legend pop culture icon Leonard Nimoy Mm -hmm. this past week. And so Corey's question relates to Mr. Nimoy's passing. And he says, uh, before Mr. Nimoy's passing... He was set to reprise his role as a certain villain in the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3 game. Who is that villain? I confess I don't uh, know this. I don't I know don't the Kingdom know Hearts series. Of course, Kingdom Hearts 3 be coming to Xbox One, all, pla- all the major platforms. So I will test you. I can tell you that Marty did get it right. Okay. I guess he left. So uh, Marty or the highlighter, Marty? <laughs> He used both that highlighter. Us, they both are of us got it one in right. the same, Destin. <laughs> He's not Tally. I actually both have of us, both of no us got idea. it right. <laughs> I don't know what Marty actually sounds like. Are you a Kingdom Hearts guy? Uh, so I played like the intro to one and two just so, for capture purposes. No, no. <laughs> our choices, yeah. gentlemen. Just take a shot in the dark, then, which is yeah, all I would have yeah. done. Is it a Ansem, Master Xehanort, Zemnus, uh, uh, or? <laughs> These all sound Vanitas? made up to me. They could be equally made up. I'm going to take a shot in the, the dark and say, uh, B, Master Z, Z, uh, Hort, Zenohort. Zenohort, yeah. Zenohort. So I'm going to guess Ryan played it. And seeing he could pronounce A correctly on his first try. <laughs> I just told you I haven't played the series. Oh, damn it. I've already punched a hole in your theory. I but continue. Gonna go, I was going to go with Master Zenohort. But I'll go with C, X, M, Nas. I'm going to say that's Zemnas. <laughs> Zemnas. Yeah. Whatever. Well, Destin, you have made a, an interesting decision mm. by choosing to go with C because that choice makes you absolutely wrong. Yeah, I <laughs> you should have stuck with so. Master Z and Art. Oh, Sean, yeah. yes. Congrats, Sean. Marty, yes. I'm updating the scoring. That brings uh, Marty up to four points for the year. He's uh, He's got some catching up to do, having missed a couple of shows. And Sean, you also up to four points. Destin, uh, you, actually the three, Mitch, Sean, Marty, all at four points. Oh, Destin yeah. still in the lead with six. Wow. Yeah. Everybody gaining ground on him this week, however. I don't know either, Sean. I don't know how. <laughs> I wonder, I got to figure out. I thought out I was a, in the lead. We, I'm going <laughs> to have, <laughs> have some sort of like booby prize trophy made up for the end of the year. <laughs> and then maybe from year to year, you pass the trophy to, you know, whoever oh, wins cool. for the year. Yeah, let's Some get like of... a big plaque on it where like the winner's name for that year is engraved, yes. like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> maybe it'll, maybe I'll have get a... Get a fake Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, maybe I'll take... I'll get an, a broken original Xbox and have it bronzed and then oh, stick it on yeah, a... On a yeah, and then so it'll just be this big unwieldy thing that you have to keep on your desk. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no room for that. All right. Uh... Well, that does it for trivia, so good job, Corey Putnam, again. His gamertag, by the way, if you'd like to add a cool, unlocked listener to your friends list, 
CP space severance, but it's CP space S-E-V-E-R-E-N-C-E. Look for Corey on Xbox Live. And if you would like to win a prize, probably a video game, because I've got some codes for some stuff still laying around, send your Xbox-related trivia question, include four multiple-choice answers, note the correct one in your email, and send that to unlocked at IGN.com, and we'll play again next week. All right. That's it. That's enough show for one week. I want to thank, really, really thank Adam Orth for coming in and sitting in and, you know... I, we did talk a little bit beforehand. I, I asked him, I was like, are you comfortable talking about any of the, you know, Twitter whole deal with it thing? And he said, yeah, I'm, a, I'm okay to talk about it. And so, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate him opening up about that because obviously that's got to be a difficult subject to, to go back and relive, especially yeah. when you're, you're out here trying to – he's out here trying to promote and talk about a new game, his new thing. You know, you want to move on. So uh, Adam Morris, fantastic guest. Thank you so much. Sean Finnegan. Thank you. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me back. Hopefully it'll be uh, more regular as things kind of taper off from production. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be great. Destin Legary, you rock as always. Thanks, man. Let's go play some heists. Yeah, let's do it. Join us for that uh, 1 p.m. each day Pacific, each day the rest of this week. Marty Sleva, he rocks. Mitch Dyer, hope you're going to feel better. Uh, quick plugs, guys. Just my Twitter, at Destin Legary. Sean? At I am Finnegan. Also, check out this Rewind Theater I did with Frank Knight for the Power Rangers short film. It's a little bit dated now. I mean, dated in internet time. That was like two <laughs> weeks ago when that came out and that whole controversy That's... sparked. But the Rewind Theater is really cool, and the short film is really cool, and uh, you all should check it out. And I've got a, let's see, just the IGN first stuff again this week is Adrift, obviously, all the Adrift stuff. Next week, we've got something special. And then... Uh, yeah, you can read. I mean, if you don't have GTA, read my hands-on write-up of the online heists. Maybe that will convince you to find a copy of the game and try it because they're so fun. And uh, last, actually, last week, I think I mentioned this on last week's show, but I had a chance to have a long phone call with Alex Rogopoulos. He's the uh, chief creative officer and co-founder of Harmonix because after that big Rock Band 4 oh, announcement yeah. that made my year, I had a million questions and the boss man himself not Bruce Springsteen, uh, but Alex Rogopoulos was kind enough to answer them. Uh, so if you just search for Rock Band 4 on IGN, you will probably find it. And I think that's it. Awesome. Most of you listen to the show via iTunes. We thank you for doing that uh, if you're if you're listening via audio. But remember, video-wise, the show is on IGN. It's on YouTube. And it's now the probably coolest easiest way to watch it on video oh, yeah. is through our brand new IGN app for Xbox One. There is a Podcast Unlocked playlist over there on the left rail, so be sure to check that out. And uh, again, we were we fool, we had one foolish thing we overlooked. We forgot to put in the icon that tells you which oh, button yeah, to, to press. Full <laughs> to full screen it, it is the, the back button, a.k.a. the select button. Select. Officially yeah. The view button for the you know I, I still I still hate the fact that they're yeah. called view and menu. It's it start annoys select, the man. That's heck out of me. Yeah, select or back. If we're going by Xbox 360 nomenclature, so check out the IGN app for your Xbox One, and uh, we will be back this time next week. Thanks, guys.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.